doubled. Alberta's budget is out of the red and back in the black. It's true. Uh, budget came out yesterday forecasting a surplus of about $500 million, slightly more than $500 million, and small surpluses also projected in the years after that. Quite a turnaround, uh, a huge turnaround. A pretty good deficit was being forecasted as recently as one year ago. Uh, we know the surging price of oil is largely responsible for this turnaround, a massive revenue windfall there. And there also has been a reduction in spending. So both of those narratives are true, but um, it's uh, regardless, it's an enormous turnaround. And joining us to walk us through it, we have Travis Taves, Finance Minister for the Province of Alberta. Minister Taves, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, Shane. Um, really is uh, an incredible turnaround from where we were just a year ago. And I guess the question a lot of people are asking now is a lot of it has to do with oil revenues. There's no question about that. Are we back on that same old bust-boom cycle and uh, putting a lot of our eggs into a basket that really we don't control? Well, well Shay, <clears throat> there's no doubt that the uh, increased energy prices are, are a, a big part of the story here in terms of our, our fiscal turnaround. And, uh, and, and yes, we continue to have a volatile revenue structure in the province of Alberta. But, you know, the story of this balanced budget is much, is much greater than just uh, improved energy prices. Let's remember, for the budget projections, we use $70, a $70 WTI price for 2022, 69 for 23, and 66 for 24. So we're not, we weren't using 85 and $90 prices or $100 prices uh, with, with this budget. Uh, we balanced the budget on 79.69 or pardon me 70 69 and 66 dollar WTI prices so uh, a big part of the uh, improvement in our in our fiscal trajectory is because we have taken a disciplined approach to spending we inherited a government that spent 10 billion more uh, than similar provinces we inherited a government that uh, effectively was increasing spending by 4% per year we flattened that spending curve out by next year, we align our per capita spending with comparator provinces, which was a key fiscal anchor, and we put this province on a much more sustainable fiscal trajectory. But there's a third element here. Part of the story in this budget is about a more diversified economy. We've done all we could to position the Alberta economy for investment attraction, economic growth, which results in expanded fiscal capacity. And we're seeing that in our revenue lines. Our, as, as we project energy prices to tail off in the next couple of years, our gross revenues keep growing. Why? Because we're expecting larger personal income tax revenues and corporate income tax revenues from expanded fiscal capacity and a more diversified economy. Um, you know, not long ago, a few years ago, and obviously we were in a very different position, uh, you're, you're, you, you famously said that diversification was a luxury we couldn't afford at the time. So obviously you're saying that things have changed. Um, there are some people saying, you know, we're not doing enough to diversify. We're not doing enough in terms of carbon capture and, you know, clean energy and things like that. So how much of a how focus are you putting on the fact that we need to try and do something differently, even within the energy industry itself? Jay, I need to correct that, that, uh, the context of that comment. That comment came as a result of a question that was put to me regarding a sales tax. And at that time, I responded and said, we don't have the luxury of diversifying our revenue streams into a sales tax. We're all about economic diversification. We've been about economic diversification from day one. And right now, economic diversification is a big part of the, the story in Budget 2022. Um, okay. 
Uh, I'm going to have to take your word for it. I don't have the quote in front of me right now. Fair enough. Um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about the budget, and and one thing we're hearing from a lot of people, we know inflation is a huge problem for a lot of people right now, especially around their utility bills, the price of energy. We're seeing that, you yeah. know, heating our home, electricity, all the rest of these things. A lot of people were hoping to see some relief, immediate relief, to try and make things a little better for people having a hard time making ends meet. And there's none of that in this budget to help people in Alberta today. Sure. I mean, you know what? Uh, appreciate you raising this. This is an issue on um, on the minds of many Albertans. We're well aware of that. We have increasing uh, costs. We're projecting inflation rates of, of 3.2% for this upcoming year. They're beginning to, to tail off to be 2.2% in the out year. But inflation is a significant issue. Now, the big question is, what can governments do that's, that's truly beneficial uh, to citizens during times of inflation? Now, what we have done is we've uh, basically put in place uh, a consumer price protection uh, measure. That measure was patterned after the measure Ralph Klein brought in in the, in the early 2000s when natural gas prices were making a run. And this measure will uh, ultimately provide uh, price relief if natural gas prices uh, take off like they are in, in Asia and Europe. So, there, so we have implemented that in this budget. But, you know, be, beyond that, uh, in my view, what the, the best thing, most durable, most beneficial thing uh, governments can do during times of inflation is to deliver government services most efficiently. Spend less, borrow less, and tax less. Right now, we have a $3,800 tax advantage in this province if you're a, if you're a family of four making $75,000 compared to Ontario. We need to ensure that we have a, a huge tax advantage. We need to ensure that... Um, that we're delivering government services most cost-effectively and keeping taxes low. That fundamentally, that's what we need to focus on. Now, we've added $250 million to our our contingency uh, in in the upcoming budget. We recognize that it's a tough time in terms of cost pressures, and so I will be engaging Albertans, listening to Albertans, considering every policy option. But, But our fundamental premise is we need to deliver efficient government. We need to ensure that we can keep taxes low and keep life as affordable as possible for Albertans. Just to go back to you know the natural gas uh, program, uh, as you say, I mean you're, you're talking about something that might. Uh, you know, there was a lot of ifs and a lot of maybes uh, in October of next year if a price hits six fifty, which um, is quite a ways to go. So um, I guess the question is, yeah, but what about now? I think there's a lot of people out there saying they're in a really, really tough spot today based on energy bills and utility bills and things like that. Next October, we'll worry about when it comes, but what can we do now? Sure. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to continue to listen to Albertans and, and consider our policy options. Look, uh, on on the utility piece, there's natural gas pricing, and, and realistically, with what we see going on in Europe right now, the tragedy yeah. we see taking place in Ukraine, uh, we could see um, natural gas spikes over the next number of months. And if we see those before October, we will consider moving that uh, price protection measure forward, uh, m- move it up so that we can provide protection, price protection for Albertans. But right now, you know, a lot of the increased costs are experienced in, in electricity bills. And, mm-hmm. and that's a very complicated topic in terms of costs. We have a system that was overbuilt by previous governments. The previous government added $7.5 billion to transmission build during their term. We've turned that way down. We've only spent $100 million, which is just a small fraction 
of what pre- previous governments have spent. Listen, once once that infrastructure is built, at some point we have to pay for it. And it's going to be either consumers or taxpayers that are paying for it. The, the other challenge is the previous government, I would suggest, uh, perhaps hastily moved from coal to gas-fired electricity in this province. In fact, um, Alberta consumers right now are paying $1.3 billion because of the costs to get out of those power purchase agreements uh, prematurely. That's included in, in the electricity bill. And, of course, there's a carbon tax that overlays all of this in terms of increased costs, utility costs. And we have a federal government that wants to increase the carbon tax threefold over the next seven years. These are our challenges. These are issues and policies that we're looking to I- implement defensible, durable, beneficial solutions for Albertans for, but none of them are simple. Um, let's get to health care. A uh, lot of money being spent on health care, um, but, you know, you, as it comes with a budget, I mean, you're no stranger to this. There's always people that have problems or, you know, they wanted more or whatever the case may be. When we talk about health care, a lot of it, you know, and the Premier's been talking about trying to increase capacity in our health care system, uh, how COVID has exposed some real shortages and some issues and some pressure points. So we're talking about seeing an increase of about 3% in health care money, which, which is substantial, but well below the rate of both inflation and population growth. So if the goal is to address capacity issues, you're actually spending fewer real dollars if you take the other factors in. How do you manage to address the problem without spending at least to match inflation and population growth? Well, well Shay, we're doing, we're doing a, a, a few things on the health care front. Firstly, we added $900 million to health base, base budget last year. That remains uh, in, in this upcoming fiscal year. So we added $900 million last year. We're adding a further $600 million next year. And it'll, it'll be a further $1.8 billion over the course of the fiscal plan. So those are material reinvestments into healthcare. They're necessary. They're essential. But at the same time, we're working to deliver healthcare more efficiently uh, in this province. We inherited, again, a government that delivered the most expensive healthcare in the country, in a country that delivers the most expensive healthcare in the OECD. And we have to find ways to deliver more, more cost effectively. That's why we contracted Ernst & Young early days. They provided us with about 50 recommendations that would ultimately improve the delivery of health care and do it at a much lower cost. So while we're increasing health budget, we're also imp- implementing measures and strategies that will result in more cost-effective, better health care service in the province. Um, just the response from the big city mayors. Uh some concern there. Let's just start with uh, Edmonton, if we can. And uh, I'm sure you've heard Amarjeet Sohi's response to the budget yesterday. Just um, this is what he had to say. Uh, we can listen to this and then uh, and then get your reaction. Edmontonians deserved better from this government. When Edmonton succeeds, Alberta succeeds, and this government failed to recognize that. So he says he had four specific requests that he brought to you, and he says they were all ignored. Well, I, I, um, that is not accurate. Uh, we directly funded one of his requests, and that was a $5 million investment into downtown revitalization. That was a direct response to Mayor Sohi's uh, budget ask. On top of that, a key priority for the city of Edmonton uh, is affordable housing. And we are going to be making a hundred uh, adding. $118 million to our affordable housing effort 
over the over the course of the fiscal plan. Much of that will be will be spent in Edmonton, no doubt. And so I would invite the mayor and council to work cooperatively with Minister Pond to ensure that we can uh, together uh, build and invest in in an affordable housing strategy that will matter to Edmontonians. And the the other thing, I mean, we we are. Uh, we have in play a number of key capital projects in this budget for Edmonton. We've, we've identified two new school builds as of this budget. We're investing $50 million into the neuro- neurosciences uh, department at the University of Alberta Hospital to expand ca- uh, critical capacity there in a cutting-edge uh, healthcare care uh, service delivery model. We've, we're investing in, uh, in you know, significant transportation uh, road expansion and repair efforts uh, with, within the city of Edmonton. We've got $2.8 billion set aside for, uh, for for the transit systems for Calgary and Edmonton. Well, there's a lot in this budget and in this fiscal plan for the city of Edmonton. Um, how do you respond to his um, comments that he has reached out to the province and to the ministers responsible? He's tried, he says, as hard as he can. Uh, he says, but there's a stark difference in how Edmonton was treated, how badly Edmonton is treated, and how much money Calgary got. He went on to say, I can only assume the decisions are being ba- made based on where UCP MLAs are. Yeah, that, that's absolutely uh, not true. Um, we at, and I, I will, um, you know, I'll share with you how we at Treasury Board take a look at, at capital uh, priorities. We we give ministries certainly a fair bit of deference as they work to understand where their greatest need is, where the greatest priorities for for the capital projects are in their ministry, whether that be health, transportation, or education, or, or other ministries. And we evaluate and review the criterion around each of these projects based on, you know, the the value for taxpayers, the need for the project, um, the the um, the readiness of the project to go forward. We do not cast a political lens on the capital projects across this province. And so, some years, for sure, some years, rural Alberta is, ends up getting a disproportionate. A share of capital spending, perhaps, in our capital plan. Other years, it's Edmonton. Other years, it's Calgary. But at the end of the day, we ensure that we're funding the greatest need based on defensible criterion. And what I would say in this fiscal plan, Edmonton has a significant part in it. Um, Last one, and then I'll let you get out of here. Talking about post-secondary, $171 million over three years to try and increase the number of post-secondary spots in high-demand areas. It seems like it's fairly targeted, which universities are applauding and saying this will be very helpful, but at the same time they're saying, but we're still dealing with these cuts, with these big, broad-based cuts. Is there any way to reconcile the two? Well, I, I, I think we are. Look, we inherited a post-secondary um, education system, a world-class system, I will say, but a system that was very, very costly compared to other provinces. And so we did reduce government funding to, to the system, but at the same time, we worked with institutions as they worked to bring their costs down. And I have to say, I have to congratulate our world-class post-secondary institutions because um, m- most of them, in fact, all of them, have delivered real savings for for students and for Alberta taxpayers. So that's been a necessary effort, and uh, and they've achieved some real efficiencies over the last three years. Right, that allows us to make targeted uh, reinvestments into post secondary uh, education, and we're targeting occupations where there's real need. We're targeting occupations where there's going to be real demand and opportunity for Albertans to step into great careers great jobs, great occupations. So these include, you know, t- uh, high technology occupations, uh, data science, uh, information technology, coding, 
It includes uh, agriculture sciences. It includes finance. It's going to include healthcare disciplines. Again, these are occupations that are and will be in great demand. We're going to make targeted investments to expand capacity. Minister, the government's been in place for three years now. Are we at the point where we can stop saying we inherited this from the earlier government? We inherited this from the... At some point, when does your government come re- become responsible for where we are? Well, Shay, we, we take full responsibility for where we are. Today, we've got a balanced budget. Today, we have an economy that is growing. We're leading the nation in economic growth. We take full responsibility for that. But at times, it's important to ensure that all of, that all of us as Albertans know the context in which we have been making uh, fiscal decisions. Gotcha. Minister, I appreciate your time very much today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Shane. That is Travis Taves, who is the Minister of Finance for the province of Alberta.